You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Plenty to talk about today. Andy, uh, we are just starting to get into our draft coverage. We're going to have a lot of good uh, guests coming on to do some scouting reports of some of the guys who are uh, projected perhaps to be available for the Lakers with that 22nd pick in the draft on the 29th. So uh, we'll talk today about what they what we think the Lakers might want to do with that pick. Not so much about players, but directions they could go. Uh, the U.S., Andy, and their prep for uh, Tokyo – the U.S. national basketball team, they lost to Nigeria, and people are freaking the bleep out over that. Um, I just hope it'll encourage all these players that Japan's a waste of time and don't go there because it just, sounds unsafe <laughs> as hell. Like, really, I, I don't think any of these players... Just doesn't have sound any- like, at the very least, doesn't sound like yeah. much fun. No yeah, fans, I just, can't go anywhere. It sounds like being in the bubble. Don't yeah, do that. I mean, really, I, my hope is that all of these NBA players, really for the sake of the bigger picture, just get so discouraged they all quit. Like, I think it would be for the best if that happened. I, I can't say yeah. I disagree. Um, but, th- so but there like, are larger uh, things to talk yes. about from that. Uh, I a have reflection of us all that neither think one of pieces. us. Is, uh, yeah. Verbal think pieces, I believe, is what we'll be doing later. There, in the some show. of the commentary coming from this feels like a reflection of us all that, quite frankly, Brian, we're not proud of. That is something that we can talk about. Um, and uh, But we are, we'll are we we'll begin with LeBron James, who did an interesting interview with the guys over on the podcast, Smartless, uh, which is Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. It's a really funny podcast if you haven't had a chance to, uh, to subscribe to that one. I didn't even realize he was on it. It's on my podcast feed. And I was like, oh, LeBron James is on Smartless. I'm going to listen to So in to other that. words, Brian, you subscribe to Smartless the way everybody should subscribe to the Locked on Lakers podcast or the Locked on Lakers YouTube channel or or both. I was about to say, I would suggest both, but that's just me. Um, so we'll talk about that, Andy, just as soon as we tell you uh, that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. So there were a few interesting things that uh, LeBron talked about. First of all, it's, it's worth it for Lakers fans to go back and listen to this interview, not just because... Um, he says some some interesting stuff. It's a different side of LeBron, but it's a great uh, kind of reminder that not everybody is as diehard about all of these little things as we are. Every little aspect of LeBron's life and this and that. So to hear him talk about stuff with people who aren't inside sports, you hear a whole different well, kind I, of side of LeBron and a, a way of talking that's very refreshing. In the world that we live in, particularly people who live in Los Angeles, on top of it, you know, with the Dodgers and the Lakers and USC feeling to us like such a big part of that fabric, you really forget just how big the city is, how big the world is, where you're going to be aware of LeBron, but in very, very broad generic terms. Some people may, you'd be surprised how many people aren't aware of him at all. Uh, uh, but anyway, so, but like, it's, it's just, it's refreshing to hear him kind of talk about, it's really not about basketball. You're not going to learn a lot about the Lakers, except he was asked by Will Arnett, like how long he thinks he could go, like, you know, and, and all this stuff. And he said this quote, I truly hope that I can finish my career with the Lakers and how many years that is, if it's four five, six, seven. I love being in LA. My family loves being in LA. 
Um, he has talked a few times, Andy, about finishing his career with the Lakers. Um, I don't exactly know where he would go. I mean, the answer, I guess, is wherever he wants. I mean, there's always going to be somebody who would be happy be, to sign LeBron. I would think it would be full circle in Cleveland. Like, he just, yeah, he just wanted to finish it where he started. Or a, one more year in Miami with Spo or whatever it could be. But, like, it, it's still kind of comforting, given how high a level he plays at, to hear that he could stick around for a little while. And also interesting to hear him use numbers like, Four years, five years, six years, seven years. I don't not in a not not one, not two. Not I was going to say, man, do, does LeBron just have like a nervous tick or something where if he names one number, he just starts listing them out to seven? Like th- th- this feels like some type of neurosis at well, this I'll, point. I'll tell, like, you, I'll tell you what I think thing. it is. I, what I think it is in this particular case is if he says, you know you know, two or three years more, then the headline becomes LeBron James says he will quit after two more seasons. You know, his, his after 2023, when he's done with the Lakers, that's it. And so by putting it out to like five, six, seven years at what, he'd be 43 at that point if yeah. he played seven more seasons, which by the way, is not out of the question. Um, Seems kind of young. You know, I mean, I, I figured he would play with Bronny the third, but that's just me. It's 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 nice to hear because even there at some point, Andy, he's not going to be the one of the top five players in the NBA, and certainly he was last year before he got hurt. One of the top two, three, four guys. There's no question. At some point, he might only be the twelfth best player in the NBA or the fifteenth best player in the NBA. You know what that guy is though? Really good. Really, really good. Really, really good. <laughs> really good. Here's a part, Brian, that I loved uh, along the lines of him talking about five, six, seven more years, whatever. Quote, I love being in L.A. My family loves being in L.A. Being in a histor- being with a historical franchise like the Lakers is something. It's like me being in Space Jam. I never would have thought it was possible. You think about Kareem and Magic and Wilt, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Kobe, Shaq, and all of them. The list goes on. The way LeBron expertly managed to weave in a Space Jam reference to the sentiments of being part of a legacy of greats. Like, mm-hmm. like there's a lineage with space jam, like batons being passed generation to generation Six with generations space, of yes. space jams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's Michael Jordan, LeBron. That's it. Like that is next level promotion. Like we've talked before about how LeBron has, you know, taken that metaphorical baton. And unfortunately mm-hmm. now in tragic circumstances from Kobe, but this really is taking over for Kobe because Kobe was the best at this stuff I've ever seen when Kobe it came was. to just I mean, he working was in on, promotion and marketing. Kobe I think it's, was, I, I think it's Kobe was better than Jordan. He was. He was fantastic. I think it was great, though. It tells you about the world we live in that he went to this podcast. It's smartless. It's not yeah. a sports-based thing. Most, I mean, there are sports fans who listen to it. I I I am one, but it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a entertainment podcast. These guys are really funny. They're well-known actors, but they're not sports people. Um, and so he goes there, it, it shows sort of the savvy in terms of promoting the movie and who you're talking to and stuff like that. And by the way, listening to these guys, um, kind of as peers, because this is what LeBron's like fifth movie or something like that. Fourth, fifth movie, something it's his like first that starring, but you know, he had the supporting role in train wreck, which he was mm-hmm. really funny. He, he was in that movie about the Yetis, um, where he did a voice. I don't remember. Right. He's done, a, he's done a few things. He's certainly done a lot of, he's been on a lot of sets and he's done yeah. like listening to him talk to these guys as peers about like, 
working on a green screen and like looking over there while you're talking to nothing and like, you know, and all that. And like the downtime that you have on set was kind of wild. And I liked that. The other thing that I thought was great was he was asked again, I think by Will Arnett about like, once you retire, would you consider a, an action star turn in movies kind of like the rock and LeBron's reply was, yeah, I'm not against that. Um, and so he didn't say yes, he didn't say no, but you could tell he was completely intrigued at the idea of being an action movie star, which of course makes sense because I can't think of much that would be cooler than seeing yourself on screen as an action movie. Like that would be oh, one of the most badass things of all time. Oh, and as you mentioned, in conjunction with LeBron hinting at least that he could play into his mid forties. These days, you don't get started on an action career until you're in until, your 50s right. anyway. <laughs> you almost tell this, this like, is perfect timing. They, they had to shut down production on the new Indiana Jones movie because Harrison Ford got hurt. He's in his 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying, now again, I'm not saying it's a good idea, but like, you know, Liam Neeson is a credible action star in those yeah. taken movies. Oh, Denz Denzel did not start becoming an action hero on the regular. I don't think until like his late forties, early fifties, Bob Odenkirk just started. Just doing didn't, this. I, I, I was nobody. absolutely thinking about, about uh, I haven't yeah. seen that movie yet. It's called nobody, but it's, it's supposed to be fantastic. Yeah. It's basically a different version of John wick. And mm -hmm. you know, there, there's another one of those coming out with Sam Jackson and Michael Keaton as these two mentors to, I believe Maggie Q, the actress, but they're both doing a fair amount of that stuff in there. Those guys are in their 60s or 70s yeah, too. Like I just I think I think it could be done. Mm -hmm. And before we move on, I just I in like in the 90s it makes of LeBron, LeBron a modern day Jim Brown. Absolutely. In the 90s, if LeBron had said, Yeah, I want to do that, they would have written him some like some vehicle where like LeBron James has to go under, he's a cop who has to go undercover to break up like a human trafficking ring that, that launders their money through a gigantic underground basketball tournament or something like that. So basically enter the dragon, but with basketball, but with basketball, that is the plot right. of enter the dragon. I keep doing that. Yes, <laughs> you do. I don't write original screenplays. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, but the, no, but actually like, we should write I, that script. There's no reason we shouldn't. I feel like, I feel like the, the, the I feel like LeBron would be a little bit, better have been a little better taste and they'd find a better vehicle than something that stupid and lazy so i am stupid here for and lazy f off man i'd watch the hell out of that <laughs> we already i already we already watched we already created rollerball for uh basketball on monday yeah. we should seriously we should, get uh, over yourself you snob I, mean, I saw i saw f9 over the weekend <laughs> was it good no <laughs> and you know brian yeah, how no, much yeah, I, that's what i'm saying like i was waiting for you to go first you know how much i love this franchise i've not i've, I've heard it's not tedious. good i've heard it's all. really tedious it's not good that's a separate podcast but all right it's uh, not which we may have time for uh between august and uh the start of the season so uh, let's move on to the draft. We've got a bunch of great stuff coming up between now and the 29th. Um, some insider scouting reports on players that are projected to um, potentially fall the Lakers with the 22nd pick. But there's a big philosophical question and conversation that goes along with this. Like, what should the Lakers do with that pick? And we'll talk about it next. Time for this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And it is Giannis Antetokounmpo with back-to-back 40-plus point games in Game 2 and 3 of the Finals. The Game 3 performance helped fuel the Bucks' first win of the series. He put his team on his back, got them back in this series. 
He is Batman, if such a thing exists. I don't even know why you'd want Batman as your leader of a sports team because he's not yeah. a team-oriented guy. He's a <laughs> sociopath. He's a loner. He's not a leader. No. So it's not really who you'd want anyway, but if it's who you'd want, he is him. So let's stop the nonsense. Giannis is playing at another level. Also, we're going to be speaking this week with Mirren Fader about her upcoming book, Giannis, The nice, Improbable nice Rise. Yeah, well Thank done. You. I am good at this. Uh, of an MVP. It's a great read. She's an incredible writer. And there may be, Brian, no player in the league who represents joy from a fan perspective more than Giannis. Like he is as likable a superstar as the league has had in eons. You cannot possibly not enjoy watching Giannis's rise in the NBA. Michelob Ultra, only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Reminder, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Theragun. This is the, if you've probably seen one of these things, it's the handheld percussive therapy device that release, it, it, it gets into your deepest muscle tissues and releases that tension. It's got a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power, and it's quiet as an electric toothbrush. Depending on what kind of toothbrush you have, I'm going to be honest with you. Here. Mine sounds um, like a jackhammer. I mean, but here's the thing. I have one of these things, and it's not Paid even more Gen for it, but it's worth it. It is so amazing this is a legit great product you're getting a little bit older like me and much much older oh, like andy i have me, one it's awesome it's fantastic the, and so the one i have is great my wife and i we both use it um it, it really works out a lot of the kinks that we have in our bodies um but the gen 4 theragun this thing is even better it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using theraguns uh signature percussive therapy which goes 60 percent deeper than vibration alone so whether you want your treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or the stress of daily life whatever it is get the theragun gen 4 trusted by all kinds of professional athletes Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, thousands of customers, including me and Andy. So try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now. Get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. What do you want to do with this pick? There are a lot of different, because the Lakers, I'll, I'll give you the, the kind of the quick rundown. The Lakers have their pick this year. Next year's goes to New Orleans. The, uh, in 2023, they have a pick, but it'll probably be deeper in the draft. 24 might go to New Orleans, uh, or, or either 24 or 25 goes to New Orleans. So they don't have a ton of picks between now um, and you know the next few seasons, this window they're in with LeBron and AD. So you can make an argument that they don't have much access to young talent and therefore need to swing at the fences. You can make an argument that the window they're in, they need somebody who can walk in and play right now, which isn't always easy to find with the 22nd pick. Andy, you can make an argument that they should trade the thing because they need a better player right freaking now. Um, how are you looking at this draft based on the team's needs and where they are in this timeline that they, well, that they have? I think first and foremost, the, that 22nd pick needs to, in one way or another, represent somebody who can help now play now. Are you So just to understand, you, you would eliminate right off the top that sort of high ceiling guy who could develop into a, a starter, but he's a bigger swing. Yes. Much, yep. much higher chance that he washes out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I, I think one way or another, this pick has to turn into somebody who is part of the rotation. In terms of the actual skills involved, you know, this team could always use more shooting. Like they need a consistent outside shooter, whether in the form of this pick or, you know, a trade, acquisition, whatever, who's also good enough to stay on the floor for sustained periods. 
I would look into somebody who's capable of playmaking, like somebody who really understands the art of setting up teammates and running sets as like a primary mm -hmm. goal and to try to as much as possible close some of that gap with the offense between when LeBron is on the floor versus when everybody else but LeBron is on there. Like you're not going to obviously match LeBron, but if you can find more people who can help uh, keep the trains running, so to speak. Right. Um, it's sort of a guy who, you know, like, let's say you, even if you have Schroeder, you bring back Caruso, having a, a guard who is capable of orchestrating. So yes. some or, or score or a score. So yeah. who doesn't, mm -hmm. so you're not relying on Caruso necessarily to do things that are a little bit more sure. out of character. Um, the other thing that I, th I would be interested in looking for, if they do keep this pick and it wouldn't necessarily be the first thing that I would look for, but it would definitely be something I'd be interested as third or fourth on the list. If they found a young player with leadership potential, mm. just because you would be learning that skill set from LeBron and leadership is not easy and not everybody is capable of it. But if you find someone who's really been that type of personality through high school, through college, whatever, being able to learn what it means to be a franchise face to lead from LeBron would be incredibly valuable. It's I, no disagreement with any of that. I the thing about the picking at 22, you kind of can I feel like you can only really choose like one thing. Like you have to pick one thing that you would like to try to address for your rotation next year. If the player you pick, and I'm just assuming they keep it for now, if the player you pick turns out to be able to check a couple boxes, you know, when they pick Kuzma, when they pick, pick Josh Hart, you know, these guys later in the draft turned out to be a little bit more useful um, than players at that position typically are. Um, the bar for those guys can be a little higher now too, because it's a better team. So contributing to a good team as a, as a lower draft pick is obviously a lot more difficult, but I think fans need to understand it's like, you can get one thing, like you can get shooting and that can come. I'd love it if they could find, I think most of the shooters that they're looking at tend to be guards, you know, ones and twos, man, if they could find a, a six foot seven guy who could play a little defense, guard a couple positions and shoot, that would be fantastic. But I feel like they have to hone in on one skill set and more than anything, like we want a shooter. So we're going to find the shooter that fits best with what we think we'll have uh, once free agency begins. And we, you know, we, we have a pretty good idea of who we're going to be able to sign and not sign. Or we want a guy who can come in and run an offense with the second unit, um, whether Schroeder's still on the team or not, because we don't feel like that's the best you know, use of Alex Caruso, or we don't feel like uh, Taylor will be Tucker. ready. Right, he's he's good at that stuff, but he, it's better if he's not the primary orchestrator mm -hmm. because then he can really go out and score. Or we need a guy who can create his own shot and create his own offense, particularly with that second unit, because that's a skill set that we're that we're lacking. If they could find somebody who ticks one of those boxes at twenty two, and it, like you say, is capable of playing next year, I think they win because I agree with you. The the win now thing makes me say, you know what? You got to find a guy who can play in the next, you know, this year and certainly next year, and can and who can contribute. Whereas it would be great to find somebody who you know could develop into the sort of late round. They can't. They can't use the twenty two on what Milwaukee did with Giannis several no. years ago. Like they they knew Giannis was going to be a project. I don't think any of them thought he'd necessarily be this good. No, but they according had to Mirren Fader's book, nobody did. Right. Um, and again, we're going to be talking with Mirren Fader this week. 
they still, though, had a high belief in Giannis and the willingness to be patient. The Lakers cannot be patient that way with this pick. It needs to no. be somebody who is immediately useful. Yeah, I agree. And that doesn't mean 25, 30, 40 minutes a night next year, but it means you can put them on the floor for 15. Well, that's okay, important. Here, here's an example of recent picks that the Lakers have had in that range that I think if they, if the same players were available now as the Lakers took then that I think could actually fit on this team, Larry Nance Jr., sure. I think Larry Nance Jr. as a rookie could it's have helped out. It's a great template. Out. Yeah. yeah, great template. Larry Nance Jr. could have helped out. Josh Hart. I think could have helped out with this team, mm -hmm. you know, the one that they just had, the one that went to the championship, the one next year. Those are guys in the late 20s, you know, in Josh Hart's case, 30, who I think were capable of helping right away. Because like they're really, because more because they're really good, just smart players who like and truly know their sort of know their role. Yes. Kind of guys. You know, Larry, Larry Nance has no illusions that he's going to be a star one day. He is Larry Nance and he's going to have a. 15-year NBA career. I so badly want Larry Nance Jr. to be on a good team. Yeah. Like, that guy could help out a winning team so much. Back. I'd love for him to be back on this one. Yes, yes. I mean, he's he, would a, have he's a, a really, he would have a ton of utility on the Lakers. Yeah, and he's oh a God. really good dude on top of it. So yeah. it would be um, nice right, so to that. Stuff to think about, again, as we start to bring in a lot of these sort of outside experts, and we're going to really preview a lot of the names that you're hearing, you know, the Duartes and Springer and Cam, uh, Johnson, they're all, not all Cam Johnson, but uh, Cam Thomas, I should say. Um, you know, a lot of these names that have been popping up a lot, we'll have some insider previews of that as we get closer to the draft. Next, though, Andy, uh, the U.S. lost to Nigeria, and people are freaking out, and I have questions. We'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by rockauto.com with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models out there. It's impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront, and why would you spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto That's parts in a chain stupid. store? Don't do that. Don't or do a new that. car dealership. Anyway, where you can get it for far less at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on the market, like the air Airlines do. Don't get me started on the airlines. They are a racket. We need to do the Rico with them. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to RockAuto.com. See all the parts available for your car or for your truck, right? Locked on in the how did you hear us about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com over the weekend the u.s national men's basketball team lost to nigeria which is a, a group that's coached by former lakers coach mike brown um and they have some pros um some guys on that team who played in the nba play professionally overseas and all that um so it's not just a, you know but whatever the u.s you know got like kevin durant and all these other people theoretically should beat nigeria but they didn't they lost 90 to 87 Nigeria, People, Brian, you're saying, is not a team that if they played in the NBA, you would expect they could get to the finals. And today, right. on the road to the finals, our <laughs> NBA playoffs coverage, brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little more this season. Yeah, who enjoyed this one? Nigeria. Mm -hmm. um, there is, a lot of Michelob Ultra being consumed in Nigeria right now. I have never understood... I understand like rooting for your country, like wanting your country to win. The Olympics are coming up. I'm going to root for the American people. Why? Because I'm an American. It's like fun to just like rally around America for a couple of weeks. And like, here's this America. Like I didn't, I don't care about archery. 
except for like even during the Olympics, I don't really care. But like if it's the American versus the other guy, I'll root for the American. Yeah. Go win some awards in archery. It's fine. I, I but I'll be honest. There, I don't want to get bogged down in this. The people who start rooting for archery and getting caught up in it once every four years, you guys are a bunch of Pavlovian lemmings, and I have no respect for any of you. But okay. go on. That's one one. I mean, way you're just you're, you're just easily Olympics. controlled, man. You but have no but it's mind fun. of your you're own. Just, nah. You're doing it. No, I disagree with that. You're just doing it for fun. And like, and it, and like, but the way people. But I don't get. Here's the difference. Fun. It's manufactured if, fun, forced if, fun. For maybe for you, so you can skip the Olympics. Other I got a mind of my own, it. Brian. I uh, what what I don't do though Sheep. is if you know American <laughs> if American archer Sheeples. X loses to some archer from you know, Denmark or Kazakhstan or somewhere else where they shoot arrows. I, I go about my day. I don't get really, I, when the U S men's national basketball team loses to anyone, people freak out. And there is this, you know, there's a, there's a, a headline on the athletic about this game, you know, does losing to Nigeria show that American exceptionalism in basketball is dead. <laughs> this notion of like the, the importance of American exceptionalism in basketball is just weird to me. Like I don't understand why, or I don't agree with, I do understand why, but I do not agree with this compulsion that the United States must be dominant in everything with basketball. And if we lose in basketball, it's an affront to everything we stand for. To me, it's the opposite, Andy. Like Wow, it you know, look at the great job the NBA has done and how popular basketball has become. That all of these countries around the world have gone from when we were kids with the dream team beating up on every country in the world by 35, 40, 50 points or whatever, to now like every country can put out a good team. Like that's awesome. Look how much fun basketball is around the world. That's my attitude. I don't, I, I it, it bothers me that other people get so bent out of shape when the US doesn't win. In basketball. Well, this all goes back to, as you said, the dream team in 1992 and that, you know, just the victory tour they did around all these, uh, over all these different countries, a lot of which didn't really play basketball that seriously to begin with. You know that I've been saying this for almost 30 years. The dream team, that, uh, that Olympics, Team USA, is the most overrated athletic achievement in the history of sports. It has been propped up to this level of otherworldly godness that is just ridiculous because what they did wasn't really that impressive. You took no. at a time when the rest of the world was so far behind the U.S. in basketball, you took literally the biggest American stars this country had to offer, put them all on the same team, and then had them go around as a tour beating up weaker countries, and then we're propping ourselves up like we accomplished something. Like honestly, it was bullshit. It's always been but, bullshit. But but again, what what prompted the creation meant of the dream team? Of course not. But, but what what prompted the the it meant nothing in terms of like demonstrating. What it was was a demonstration of our superiority. And what prompted the creation of the dream team was anger that we didn't we hadn't been winning. So it's like pros had never played. Other right. teams had other countries had their pros playing. We were losing, and people were really upset by it. Again, it's this thing where the U.S. must win. Like our national pride is tied up in the U.S. winning these international tournaments in ways that it isn't in baseball. Like baseball is not an Olympic sport anymore, but 
The U.S. used to routinely lose in baseball, and which is like, you know, as they say, as American as apple pie. And there were never calls, like really meaningful calls to stop the baseball season in the middle honestly, of the year man, so that they could go play people, in the Olympics so that we could win. Or, I don't think most people were aware this was even happening in the first place. The international baseball, I, the Olympic baseball. I mean, it happens in the Olympics every four years. Right, but I'm saying like, oh. I don't think there's even an awareness of Olympic baseball but that, but that taking kind of, place that kind of, at but all. That gets, to, that gets to my point. And so... I did it. I find it bothersome because it it reflects to me like again, and I root for the U.S. When the U.S. gets into the tournament, I'm going to root for the U.S. Like sheeple. I liked, <laughs> you know, but like it, it, there's this. It's a, it it strikes me, and it's like this need for exceptionalism in basketball is is reflective of a very strange insecurity. That somebody's going to need to explain to me about why America needs to be the best at basketball, like I, it's it's there there is that that sort of nativism pops up in all kinds of sports. We saw it on uh, on Tuesday with with uh, or Monday, I should say, with with Stephen A. Smith's comments about Shohei Otani needing an interpreter and whether or not that's good or bad for baseball. And we have this stuff pop up periodically, but basketball to me is unique in the insecurity that people seem to feel when we lose again rather than being really proud of ourselves we're exporting this game so quickly to other places um i don't know maybe it's just uh, sort of an american individualism where like you are judged by whether or not you know so like not the rising tide thing but the individualism thing where you must vanquish your opponent you can't both succeed. That's not success. Well, I mean, America, I, 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 I think a lot of it has to do with that American exceptionalism thing. But I also think when it comes specifically to basketball, it is linked back to Michael Jordan because everything now yeah, with basketball right. is linked back to MJ. And that was considered, you know, one of the pinnacle moments with Michael Jordan. He was the face of that domination. And whenever that starts getting chipped away, I think it, you know, it will offend people on a lot of levels. But one of them is the you know, the diluting of what Michael Jordan did. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. All and then we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in the tournament because, you know, if the, if they lose, you know, what the reaction might be, I think it's gonna be a down year sort of for the interest in the Olympics, be just because of the context of how they're being held, but we'll see what, we'll see how, how that goes. Um, Again, I don't just, go, it ain't safe. I, I, fine with me. Um, so hang anyway, your heads, America, Mirren Fader, uh, that's tomorrow, right? Yeah, we, tomorrow's we show, Mirren Fader, and we should we be all these previews coming up. We're going to start getting into free agency. Subscribe to Locked On Lakers on YouTube, uh, and we will see everybody next time.